Hello and welcome to Look to Love, a podcast from me, J.L. Gerhardt, to help you read the Bible a better way, to see, know, and fall in love with God. Every week we read a passage of scripture, usually a chapter or so, working our way from Genesis to Revelation, and we ask the question, who is God? We focus our attention on him in hopes of seeing him more clearly and ultimately loving him more dearly. That is, after all, the point of everything, the Bible, our lives. It's loving God with all our hearts, minds, souls, and strength. So, let's do this. Let's open our Bibles and look to love. This week, we are in the book of Daniel. Daniel is... Uh, one of the prophets. And Daniel is one of the most well-known prophets. Uh, He's super likable. We sing songs like, I want to be like Daniel. So Daniel is a character that you are probably familiar with. Um, And when I use the word character, I mean real living person who happens to have his life recorded in the Bible. He is a young man who was taken from his homeland of Israel into captivity in Babylon, and he uh, sort of began his life in Babylon as a favored slave um, who was put into um, a program to become a servant in the king's household, and he did really well in that program. We read about that in the first chapter of the book of Daniel. Um, by the way, if you don't listen, um, Holy Ghost Stories is like my favorite podcast. Um, for full transparency, my husband uh, writes it and creates it. But it is the retelling of various stories from the Old Testament done in a very beautiful, very adult way. And he tells the story of the first chapter of Daniel, and it's excellent. Uh, So you should totally, totally check that out. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes for for this episode. I never do that. never do show notes, but I will. I will this time. All right, so... We know that Daniel's this young man who comes into the king's court. He refuses to eat the king's food, and that's okay. He does great. God rewards him uh, for his faithfulness to the dietary laws of his people that his God has put forth. And so David maintains this faithfulness to Yahweh in an environment that is not... um, it's not a not a Yahweh serving environment, right? The Babylonians uh, have their gods, and uh, Yahweh is not their god. And so, Daniel is going to live out his his life in captivity in this place that is not his home. Uh, it's hard to say he's a um, a slave exactly. I mean, we realize in moments like we will hear in chapter three uh, where he is. Um, It becomes clear that if he doesn't do what Nebuchadnezzar wants, he will die. Uh, But that's kind of everybody who's living in Babylon. It's Nebuchadnezzar's world, and we're all just living in it. So it's not because he's a slave that he's in that position. He's actually a really high-ranking official. Um, And so, you know, as you think about what captivity looked like, uh, you know, shift your shift it a little bit as you read about Daniel's position and prominence and probably wealth. Uh, this guy's got a lot of influence. He's like, it's like he's in the Senate or something, or he's a, he's an advisor to the president. Um, he's somebody with a lot of, a lot of influence. But that influence is just beginning to grow uh, when we get to chapter two of Daniel, which is where we're going to be uh, for the 
the remainder of this episode. We're going to be in chapter two of Daniel. It's probably familiar to you if you've read the Bible or spent much time in the Bible. Uh, It's a story that gets some airtime. It's Nebuchadnezzar's dream, and Nebuchadnezzar has this dream. Um, He won't tell anyone what he dreamed. He wants the magicians and the wise men to be able to tell him what he dreamed before they give an interpretation. Obviously, he's just trying to figure out, how do I get them um, to give me a true interpretation, right? Because if you tell somebody your dream and then they tell you the interpretation, you have no way of knowing if they interpreted it correctly. And so Nebuchadnezzar thinks, you know, if you've got the power to really interpret a dream, you probably have the power to know what I dreamed. And so he tells them, I want you to tell me the dream, and then I want you to tell me the interpretation. And uh, the magicians are like, that is not a possible thing. We go on, and of course, Daniel will be able uh, to interpret the dream. That's, That's the plot of what happens in chapter two. What I realized as I read chapter two of Daniel this week um, in preparation for this was that this chapter is really the beginning of Daniel's personal relationship with Yahweh. Um, Before this moment, Daniel is following rules that have been handed down to him from his parents, um, things he learned at the temple before the temple was destroyed. Uh, Daniel is serving his father's God um, and And that's beautiful. Uh, But in chapter two, Daniel goes on his own adventure with Yahweh. It's like they set out to do something risky together. For the first time, Daniel has to really lean on um, what he knows of God. And he's going to ask something big of him. And this will be the moment where Daniel discovers who God is when you lean in. So in the beginning, we said that the um, the magicians and the wise men, they can't do this. They cannot interpret um, Nebuchadnezzar's dream. And Nebuchadnezzar actually says he's going to kill everybody. Uh, he's actually he's going to destroy their houses and kill their families if they can't tell him the dream and interpret it. They respond to the king. And I, I think the sentence they say in response to this challenge is so powerful. It's a sentence that when they say it, you think, huh, is that true? And whether or not that's true is is the question of this chapter, right? It's, is this true? And what they say is, what the king is asking is so difficult that no one can make it known to him except the gods whose dwelling is not with mortals, right? What you're asking, Nebuchadnezzar, is so difficult. It's the kind of thing that only the gods can do and only the gods who don't dwell with mortals. Like we've not been given that power. Gods do not um, do not hand that kind of power to mortals, right? That's the kind of power that's reserved for the high places that are far away from here. So Daniel finds out about all this because they're actually coming to kill him uh, because he's one of these wise men and uh, he's going to get killed because no one can interpret the dream. And Daniel says, whoa, 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 hold on. Give me some time. And Daniel goes into his closet uh, or his room or wherever, and he's going to pray. And he actually contacts um, 
Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, which are the Israelite names for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Um, my dad always made me memorize those names because he said, that's their real name, Jennifer. You have to call them by their real name. So he contacts them. He says, hey, you need to pray. We all need to pray uh, that Yahweh would reveal something to us here, right? And so he goes in and he prays. He asks the God of the heavens for mercy concerning this mystery, right? Mercy concerning this mystery. And hold on to that word mystery uh, because it's going to pop up many, many times in this chapter. So he prays and he asks God, give us mercy concerning this mystery. The mystery we see in verse 19, the mystery was then revealed to Daniel in a vision at night. And Daniel praised the God of the heavens and declared, May the name of God be praised forever and ever, for wisdom and power belong to him. He changes the times and seasons. He removes kings and establishes kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals the deep and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness. Light dwells with him. Right. So who is Yahweh, as we um, proceed, we're, we're asking that question. We ask it every week. Who is God in this text? I want us to ask it this week as if we're Daniel discovering who Yahweh is, because that's what Daniel is experiencing right now. He's learning things about Yahweh. He's not just being reminded of things. He's learning things about who Yahweh is. And in this interaction, he has prayed, please give us mercy concerning this mystery. And then what has God done? God has revealed the mystery to him. And so he praises the God who reveals the deep and hidden things. Okay, so after that, Daniel goes to the king, right? And he, he tells him, I can interpret your dream. And he says it this way. Look at verse 27. Daniel answered the king, No wise man, medium, magician, or diviner is able to make known to the king the mystery he asked about. He's saying this is not a thing man can do. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. And he has let King Nebuchadnezzar know what will happen in the last days. I love this sentence. I wrote it really big in my notes. There is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. For Daniel, this is what he's learned about Yahweh, that there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. Now we go back to those words that the magicians and diviners and the wise men, what they said at the beginning, what did they say? They said, this is something that is reserved only for the gods in the heavens. Like this kind of knowledge, the ability to interpret this kind of a mystery, that's not for us. We can't know these things. It's for the gods who are far away, right? And then what Daniel says here is actually there is a God uh, who not only knows the mysteries, right? He doesn't just dwell there and know the mystery. He reveals the mystery to mortal man. Um, Daniel, what he's learned about God, completely turns on its head everything those magicians said. No one can make known to him except the gods whose dwelling is not with mortals. And here Yahweh has come down to dwell with Daniel. He came down to him in a vision, in a dream. Yahweh wanted to reveal that mystery to Daniel. And not just that, Yahweh wanted to reveal the mystery to Nebuchadnezzar. 
that was the plan all along. He didn't give Nebuchadnezzar this dream so that he would live in this mysterious place of not knowing. God gave Nebuchadnezzar the dream so that it would be revealed to him, so that he would know things. He would be given sight. Uh, He would know the deep and dark and hidden things. That's what God was doing here. He actually wanted to reveal these mysteries to mortals. Daniel again calls him the revealer of mysteries when he says the revealer of mysteries has let you know what will happen. And so he uses that phrase revealer of mysteries twice there. He says, as for me, this mystery has been revealed to me, not because I have more wisdom than anyone living, but in order that the interpretation might be made known to the king and that you may understand the thoughts of your mind. And that it's so crazy that sometimes the biggest mystery we have are the thoughts of our mind. Um, that those, those things like dreams, um, that they come to us from some some place that we can't understand. There are other spots in scripture uh, where our heart is called like a like the bottom of the ocean. That, that the things that come from our heart we don't we we can't even understand them. We don't know where they come from. But here we have this God who wants to reveal to us the thoughts of of our hearts, the thoughts of our minds. He wants to show us what they mean and where they come from, and um, and so he's doing that. For Nebuchadnezzar here. And Daniel, you know, so humble. He's like, I'm not the revealer of mysteries. It's not me. There's nothing special about me. God has just used me to reveal these mysteries. So he goes on to interpret the dream. And Nebuchadnezzar is so impressed that he knows the dream and that he can interpret it. Also, this dream is um it's a real compliment from Yahweh to him. It's, he's, uh, you know, it's about a statue and the statue has these different parts and God's revealing the future of the nations to Nebuchadnezzar, which Nebuchadnezzar, of course, doesn't deserve in any way. Um, it feels like a really intimate, hey, I wanted to tell you this kind of a moment between God and the king. And um, Nebuchadnezzar is described as this head of the statue and it's a head of gold. So I imagine this is a, a compliment. This is a, this feels good to know that this is the dream that God has given him, has got to make Nebuchadnezzar, um, I don't know, proud in some way or just honored maybe is the right word. In verse 46, we see, Then King Nebuchadnezzar lay face down, worshipped Daniel, and gave orders to present an offering and incense to him. This is after he's heard the interpretation. And the king said to Daniel, Your God is indeed God of gods. Right? Your God is the best God, Lord of kings. Like he's, he's master even over me. And a revealer of mysteries since you were able to reveal this mystery to me. Um, and then, of course, Daniel gets this prominent place. And the entire rest of the book of Daniel, he will be um, in this position of leadership and authority. King Nebuchadnezzar um, begins what appears to be a... Um, it's, it's like the beginning of a relationship with Yahweh. Uh, he's going to make some terrible choices to come. 
how he will actually build a giant skull. It's like God's dream about the statue inspired him and he'll end up building this giant statue that's all gold and all him uh, and ask people to worship it. And that'll be a big mistake. But then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego will demonstrate God's power again. And guess what? Again, Nebuchadnezzar will be reminded, oh yeah, you're God. He's the one. He's the God of gods. And so God is really courting Nebuchadnezzar in the book of Daniel. And I think that's really beautiful as we ask who God is. Uh, God is after the hearts of of everyone, right? Not just the Israelites here um, in our context, like not just the people who already follow him, uh, but God is after the hearts of everyone. God loves all of his people and he's seeking them and trying to get their attention and trying to get their, their worship and devotion. And so he's doing that with Nebuchadnezzar here. But like we said, this really is the beginning of Daniel's personal relationship with God. And something that Daniel comes to realize is that God is this revealer of mysteries. And once God has shown Daniel this side of himself, um, and Daniel is open to it, and Daniel receives it, and Daniel does something with it by going to Nebuchadnezzar bravely and interpreting the dream, um, God realizes, ah, Like, this is a way we can communicate with one another. It's like Daniel received God's power. Daniel said, okay, I see you, revealer of mysteries. And God was like, all right, well, we can keep going in this direction. And so much of the book of Daniel is God revealing mysteries to Daniel. Uh, This is a prophetic book, and God tells Daniel some crazy stuff in this book, uh, stuff that's really hard to understand, and a lot of people have struggled for a long time to figure out what does this even mean. And even Daniel, like as God is quote-unquote revealing mysteries, even Daniel is left at some points feeling just like it's all a mystery. (laughs) I know, God, you just revealed the mystery, but now I feel like I have more of a mystery sitting in front of me. It's a greater fog uh, than I had before. But I think that's so interesting that this is like the beginning of of their, um, it's the beginning of Daniel's calling this way. Um, and once Daniel is has his eyes opened to God's identity this way, uh, he can he can receive it. And that just made me think that um, think about my relationship with God and about the parts of God that I receive, like the the ways that God has demonstrated his identity to me and the descriptions of God that would jump out to me first and foremost. If I described God to you today, what phrase would I use? I think for Daniel, it really was this, Yahweh is a revealer of mysteries. That's who he is. He shows us what's in the dark. Um, He lights up the hidden places. And so for Daniel, uh, that's what God would do. That's what God would do for Daniel's entire life. And so for you, think back to those early interactions with God when you first met him. Who was he for you? And I think if you come to an answer there and you realize, oh, yeah, for me, God was this. It's highly likely um, that you will spend so much of your life experiencing him that way. So if for you, God was a deliverer, I think you will tend to find yourself looking for deliverance from him because you trust him as deliverer. You saw him deliver you and you trust that he will deliver you again whenever you need deliverance. Um, If for you, God was truth and you experienced God as this voice um, that, that 
fought against the lies in your life and told you the truth that you needed to hear, then likely for the rest of your life, you will trust God to be that true voice to speak against the lies that are all around you. If when you first came to God, he was love, and you would say that God is love, and that was one of the first things you would say about him, one of the first ways you experienced him, then likely for the rest of your life, you will be really capable at receiving his love. Um, Because that's one of the first ways you interacted with him. That's one of the first ways he proved himself to you. And you will trust that love for the rest of your life. You know, there are lessons we learn later about Yahweh, (laughs) and sometimes they take longer to learn. But I find that those early ways we encounter him, whatever it is, you know, those first moments when we really had to lean on him in some category, um, that those become the places where our relationship with him is sturdiest and where he is just because he knows we will receive him in those categories. uh, He just is so faithful to show himself to us in those ways. Maybe for you, revealer of mysteries is a stretch. You're like, I actually haven't experienced that with with Yahweh yet. It's not that I don't think he is a revealer of mysteries. I trust you, Daniel. I I believe that he is. Uh, He especially was for you. But that hasn't been my personal experience yet of Yahweh. Um, I'm open to it, but that's not how I've experienced him yet. Totally get that. But do spend some time thinking today about who Yahweh is to you. Um, What characteristics of his have you deeply experienced? Um, What are those ways that you would describe him to someone else with confidence, uh, knowing that you can trust God to be that? One more thing before we end, Um, we didn't really dwell on that idea of God as a revealer of mysteries today. Like, what does that look like? We see how Yahweh is revealing himself, um, his plans to Daniel. But I think for a lot of us, um, that doesn't feel familiar. Maybe that is a part of God that we question, you know, you hear, you hear Daniel call him that you are a revealer of mysteries and perhaps your heart feels like God is the absolute opposite. And you think, God, no, it just seems like you're constantly shrouding things in mystery. I don't know when you're coming back. I don't understand what you mean by so much of what you say. I don't, I can't understand my own future. Sometimes I can't even understand my own actions. I can't understand the people around me. God, it seems like this whole world sometimes is a mystery and I don't have a revelation. Um, I don't have the code, right? That it's the whole world is a riddle and I just don't know, I don't know how to solve it. If that's you, um, I would say that There is some comfort here in Daniel's calling God a revealer of mysteries. It is God's heart that he wants to reveal mysteries. God does not want to be hidden. He wants to be seen, right? Uh, In Jeremiah, we'll find him saying, if you will seek me with your whole heart, you will find me. Um, Jesus will say, you know, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened. Um, Yes, 
there are mysteries involved. Uh, God is intentionally hiding some things from some people at some times. And for sure, there is a lot in this world that is hard to understand, that is hard to uh, see clearly. But God does have a desire for us to see him, for us to see truth, for us to find the kingdom. Um, All of that is his heart. It's his plan for us. And so if you find yourself in a place where you feel like there's just mystery all around you, I'd suggest that you'd start praying to the revealer of mysteries and, and that you would ask what Daniel asks, that God would give you mercy concerning this mystery, whatever mystery it is that you're holding right now, whatever thing you can't understand that you desperately want to understand, bring it to him and say, God, revealer of mysteries, have mercy in this mystery. Show me what I need to see. Open my eyes so that I can see you, so that I can trust you, so that I can trust your plan. And that I just really want that for you today. Um, sometimes the reason God hasn't shown you something yet is because you haven't asked him to let you see it. Not always, but often. That's it. He's just waiting for you to ask. He's waiting for you to really, truly seek, to put in some work, right, to looking. Looking is not something that happens casually. Uh, Understanding mysteries is not something that comes to those who just sit around. Uh, Daniel has to pursue God in order to experience that revelation. And so if you want revelation in your life today, all I can do is to recommend that you pursue him, that you seek him, that you ask, hey, reveal to me these mysteries. Thanks for joining me today at Look to Love. This podcast began as I was writing the book, Look to Love, A Better Way to Read the Bible. So if you're interested in this way of approaching scripture, get yourself a book. It's available right now on Amazon. Uh, You can even get the uh, group study edition, uh, which has questions and will enable you to study this book with a group. You can follow me at J.O. Gerhardt on Instagram or Facebook or subscribe to my free biweekly essay, The Goodness, where I look for the goodness of God in the land of the living. And actually, this week we're talking about seeing, about seeing God and being seen by God and having our eyes opened. And so it works really nicely together with uh, Daniel chapter 2 here. So I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to know you're listening. Please reach out. Until next time, I hope you'll look to love.